recollect that from the past or you, your viewpoint is in this particular direction well I'm going to stand in the middle of what you're familiar with and, and kind of refocus it or, or almost reinvent it um, what you think was in me is I am I am and the context, so I've got you in John 7 to start with, is um, the equivalent of the Olympics, if you like. There's a great big feast going on, and John mentions it quite a lot in the run-up to the I Am saying that we're going to look at in chapter 8. Um, so chapter 7 and verse 3, no, verse 2. Uh, when the Jewish feast of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. The Feast of Tabernacles was, um, um, it's our equivalent is Harvest Festival. Uh, and it's when the people of God remembered, they called it Tabernacles of Booths, and they used to converge on Jerusalem and make <clears throat> all these um, shelters or tents um, to remind them of uh, the desert wanderings when God had amazingly brought them out of slavery, out of Egypt. I remember the Red Sea and all that, uh, Pharaoh's army swallowed in the sea. And they come out the other, but they, now they're in the, the desert on the way to the promised land. And it's 40 years, it's a whole generation or two where they are completely reliant on God for water. Do you remember miraculously out of the rock? Uh, or food, manna from heaven. Uh, and they, they, God is kind of teaching them through that time. Don't rely on your own ingenuity, on your own experience, on your own past practices. You need to rely completely on me. And what the people in Jesus' day did was remember, wow, yeah, we got through that. God got us through that. Uh, and so every year they'd have this amazing feast. It lasted for days. I mean, on, you know, a couple of weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. And so John is mentioning that here, a bit like the Olympic Games. And it, it had this great opening ceremony. I'll, I'll come on to that in just a moment. You see verse 14 of chapter 7. Not until halfway through the feast did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. And we read in verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Uh, and, and so he goes on that that causes a little bit of uh, some questioning a little bit of sort of disagreement the, the temple guards the Jewish authorities they're, they're, they're wary of Jesus they quite like him sort of arrested and just sidelined uh, so that goes on and then um, we get to verse 52 these are the guards they replied are you from Galilee too? look into it and you'll find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee um, and then just over if you and I'll come back to this the bit in italics there um, we know it as a story, we read it as a story of um, the, the woman caught in adultery, Jesus dealing ever so truthfully and graciously with her. And then just over the page, chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Just pause a moment, let's ask God to bring his light onto that statement. 
press it into our hearts and minds. Lord, um, speak to us today. We want to follow you, the light of the world, that we might have life. Not just for ourselves, but life that we can impart and give to others. So teach us. Encourage us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, just on that, um, that bit in italics, you notice there on page 1013, um, and the, just in the bracket above, the earliest manuscripts and many other ancient witnesses do not have John 7.53 to 8.11. They don't have this story here that is included. Other manuscripts do. Uh, what do we make of that? Scholars uh, want to argue that um, I think the consensus is that this, that definitely happened, that, that encounter with the woman caught in adultery. It, it's, it's authentic. But um, was it in John's original sort of first draft, if you like, or, the, or even sort of John's final draft of his gospel? And um, because of some of the mo- earliest and most reliable manuscripts, um, I scholars think mm, probably not. Um, so it's been tucked in here. Other manuscripts have it in Luke's gospel, actually, um, and other manuscripts don't have it at all. So, so it kind of, I think the consensus is this, that event of happened but I'm not sure whether it, John intended to have that account of Jesus with the woman in adultery right here and it's just interesting if you were to read the chapter 7 and the bit of the feast on into the I am statements I am the light of the world um, it kind of makes it there's kind of more of a flow um, you don't have to deal with Jesus leaving the temple and coming back again his teaching in the, at the Feast of Tabernacles, culminating with that, um, come to me if you're thirsty. And then um, a little bit of Q&A, if you like. And then verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And in verse 20 of chapter 8, he spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. So, so there, were, there just seems to be a continuity around this great, and this great feast with its opening ceremony, which I'll, I'll tell you about in just a minute. Uh, it, it just helps, I think, with the continuity and the context for the I am saying, I am the light of the world. Let me tell you about the, the opening ceremony in um, the Feast of Tabernacles. It's on the, on the first day. In the, in the kind of courts where he is described in chapter 8 as teaching, um, with the courts of the treasury, it's kind of big open space uh, within the temple precincts. And they had four massive candelabras with dozens and dozens of tiered candles and as part of the opening ceremony the sort of Danny Boyle of the day they'd light all the candles on the candelabra and the light it, it, amid much celebration and dancing everyone's arrived got here safely there was kind of it was, a, it was party time it was literally like the sort of opening ceremony irrespective of whether we're going to win gold medals in the next few days or weeks let's just have a celebration now and so there was this huge party dancing into the night as the candles kind of you know, did their work. And they blazed out of the temple and, and across the whole of Jerusalem. Local commentators said that, that um, every courtyard in Jerusalem was bathed in the light of the temple. So you get the context. This big party, this big celebration, all of Israel there. And Jesus eventually rocks up, starts to teach and one of the things he says, given that they've had 
and still got these, these, these huge candelabras issuing forth light. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will have, you will never walk in darkness, you will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Inference, those candelabras eventually, the candles will burn down, the light will flicker and fade and eventually snuff out. This feast won't go on forever, this particular feast now. We'll have to go back to our homes and our villages and our hamlets. We'll have to cope with the kind of post-feast blues. Do you remember that with the Olympics, by the way? It was August, amazing. We got to September, which is usually kind of, yeah, you know, the sun's still shining and we've had a nice holiday and feeling relaxed. Yeah, come on. And we, do you remember that? I remember for sometimes, oh, gosh, switch the telly on and there's just normal programs. Oh, where's the sport? You know, kind of, oh. It was that kind of blues. And you, what do we talk about now? We could talk with strangers during Olympic time. And then we're kind of back to normal. It felt, we kind of got the post-Olympic blues. Do you remember that? And Jesus is speaking into post festival blues this isn't just for a week or 10 days it isn't just while the candles in the temple court shine I am the light of the world I, I shine everywhere and for all time I am the eternal when, when Jesus says these I am sayings and we'll, we'll probably repeat this you know the various people speaking to these texts um, he's he's um, stirring up in God's people memories and, and sort of anchor points of who God is. He's saying, I am here to point you to the reality of God for all time and everywhere. I am the light of the world. What's the very first thing that this God of ours, this God of theirs, says in in speech and act creation genesis 1 3 and god said let there be light the world comes into being at the voice of god speaking forth light and here is the word of god jesus john has already said in chapter one is the word became flesh here is the word of god the speech act of god saying that which you have associated with God, you associate with me. I am the light. The light of the world, not just the light of this temple, not just the light of Jerusalem, and the further away you get, the more the light kind of dims and fades. No, I'm the light of the world. These candles will go out. This feast will end. But I, I shine in whose ever heart will receive me, in whose ever home will host me, in whose ever life will live me, I shine. How does this speak to us today? I, I hope, I can't, I can't resist sort of calling these guys out, actually, I think they've just gone at the back, but, uh, the geek family some of you will know but if you're not aware it felt like darkness for a little while uh, little Ralph geek was born what not 10 days ago or so 
and he wasn't breathing for a concerning amount of time. Cut a long story short, he's here in church today. <laughs> Full, there they are, waving for them, they can hear us through the screen. <laughs> yeah, let's just go there. We go. Praise God! Yeah. <laughs> Um, I hope Zan won't mind me saying this. I, I, if I'm honest, I wasn't expecting... I mean, she's just given birth, for goodness sake. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see her here. But they... I just had a quick chat with her. Zan said, I, I, I couldn't wait to come. And you can see it in her face. I mean, she, you know, I don't mean to throw loads of attention on it unnecessarily. But these guys have been through quite a trauma. Little Ralph has been through quite a trauma. <laughs> um, and yet, you look at... I just look at Zanna and her face, and I think, Wow. The light shines. It felt dark, but they called out to church family and uh, to the skill of doctors and midwives and consultants. I mean, everywhere. And the light shines in that darkness. We don't have to come to this religious place. We don't have to, it's not only on a Sunday light shines. That is a story they're going to take now and shine into all sorts of other people's lives. And we can too, with their permission, discreetly, I'm sure. You know what? I belong to a community where we prayed and we prayed and we prayed through the night, some people. Uh, we prayed at key moments and key points, MRI scans and everything else. And there is unbelievably, thanks to the grace and graciousness of God, there's a good news story. There's light in darkness I am the light of life Jesus says John 8 verse 12 whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life again commentators point out does that mean um, light of life is that is that the um, light that comes from God the source of light or is it the light of life i.e. the light that gives light is, is it referring to its source or its purpose I kind of think guys why can't it be both <laughs> the language allows for it we can translate it either way well let's let's let God is generous let's have both this is the light from God himself life from God himself that we can pay forward do you remember Jesus saying We've had this recently, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. Not you could be or you could aspire to be or maybe on a Sunday or maybe once a week. No, you just, you are. As you receive and live in Christ and he shines in and through you, you are the light of life. You bring life. I'm conscious that um, I mean, I, I, I'm not a devotee of Love Island, and but I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of a generation that are our, our, one of our daughters is is um, quite um, troubled by the tragic news that we heard yesterday of Carolyn Flack appears to have taken a life, uh, uh, life going so well for her apparently. Um, something going on in her private life comes to the attention of everyone on social media she's under intense pressure I, I, I don't know I don't know enough about the details to, to, to make too many connections but 
it would appear all she could see was darkness and so she takes her life it, it has a sort of resonating effect um, and our, our daughter who herself wrestles a little bit with, with um, um, sometimes feeling quite a dark place uh, her mental health not all, all that it might be and she's troubled but it isn't that darkness has got darker it feels like that moments and times it can feel like that and it feels like that to our daughter it's a kind of knock-on effect but it isn't actually that the darkness has got darker I was speaking to this a few weeks ago darkness is nothing it's a no thing it's just the absence of light and 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 the answer subtly and, and discreetly uh, and sensitively is to speak and to be light in the darkness light penetrates darkness light banishes darkness so when we speak of light and when we live as light even just by being present in a phone call a listening ear a shoulder to cry on not with all the answers or all the explanations no one's got all the answers all the explanations but as we are just present Jesus comes into the middle of the feast he stands right where the candelabras are and he, he says in the midst of all that light present amongst them I am the light when these things fade and die I carry on shining when all hope is lost we bring hope when it seems so bleak and desolate we bring light and life don't underestimate the impact you have on family friends colleagues contacts just occasional conversations just a word you drop it in just a sentence about something not necessarily even religious you bring light you you dispel darkness you restore a kind of life's equilibrium I was talking to someone the other day um, and they uh, were referring to something that I, I can't ever remember saying but we both agreed it was probably years ago years ago and yet it it was just a it must have been a kind of throwaway comment in a talk or sermon or something um, and it, it was like a tiny little well it's like that little candle that that can be seen seven miles away in pitch blackness it had just spoken to them statement God used that to speak life hope kind of an anchor around which to orient the rest of their lives if I'm capable of that so are you we are all the light of the world as we as we as we follow Jesus whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life so it is just a resolve as we come to celebrate communion in due course we'll have maybe in a moment or two to, to think and reflect and pray just some space as we as we follow Jesus the light of the world who will never go out when the feast is over and the candles die <clears throat> Jesus just one one final little illustration to what that looks like as we sort of think it through um, I, uh, I went on a we went on a little mountain walk with my my son when he was younger um, 
sadly, I'm, I'm quite into my walking and mountaineering, and it was, the, the idea was to sort of coach him into a similar kind of passion and interest. Uh, I think, unfortunately, it put him off. Um, he's, he's a kind of uh, city boy. That's great. But uh, probably the reason why I put him off is because we slightly overestimated what we were looking to do. And so it was, it was beginning to get dark. I had a torch and everything in my, in my sack. But it was beginning to, to get dark. And um, we, were in, we were in the Lake District. We were, we were um, around um, uh, Fairfield, if anyone knows the part of Fairfield Horseshoe. And for, for a lad who's, who's only grown up in the city, um, actually, it, it is it's sort of these spaces, no house, no, no sort of obvious signs of, of um, civilization. And he was, what was he? He was about maybe about ten, and actually, it just it did as it just we, the light began to fade. I knew exactly. I had a map compass. I knew exactly where we were. I was, I was fine. Um, and I was trying to convey that to him, but he was beginning to panic um, as it was beginning to get dark, and he felt like I'm miles away from anywhere. Um, he said, "He said, Dad, Dad, he said, Dad honestly, we, you need to ring, call the, you need to ring the police or ring the ring the um, mountain rescue." And I, what I didn't tell him was that I've got a really good mate who's in the mountain rescue, and there was absolutely no way I was going to ring it. I was no way was I going to get rescued by my mate just because I was slightly lost or a bit late. So I didn't tell him, I said, darling, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Look, I've got a map. Um, anyway, eventually, the other thing was, as if, you, if you've been out um, sort of walking, you, you are, our eyes are amazing, and our night vision is incredible, as long as you don't ruin it with artificial light. So just as the light fades... Um, as long as you don't, you know, confuse your eyes with artificial light, actually it's amazing what you can, you can see, um, just naturally. So I was trying to encourage you, darling, we don't, honestly, we'll be fine, we don't need a torch, because um, just give it time, and as the gloom, our eyes will adjust and we'll see, we'll be fine. No, 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 he was getting quite upset, um, and I realised he was sort of, he was struggling actually with, I think, the sense of agoraphobia. Um, so I got the torch out. And we, we lit the path. Oh, sorry, all of that is background to the actual illustration, which is this. Um, and it's just true about when we walk. Um, like, we, when you walk, you think about when you walk, you don't actually look at your feet. You look about three or four paces ahead. And you subconsciously, you just take in the terrain three or four paces ahead. So I can, I can, because I've sort of taken in, I've, I've taken in there a step, so I can now go down the steps. I don't need to look at the steps, I've taken them in to walk, and I'm now just checking if I'm walking. I'm not looking at my feet, I'm just looking at where my feet will be placed in three or four places time. And that's when you're walking in the dark, that's where you shine the torch. You don't shine the torch on your feet. You shine the torch ahead, so you see where your feet will go in a few seconds time. So you focus on what the light shines on, not on yourself. And it's amazing what you can do. Um, you can walk in, we were walking pitch black by the time, you know, eventually we were pitch black. And again, this is in the middle of the lake district, absolutely no artificial, it was pitch black bar the beam of our torch. And the torch was six feet ahead. And we could walk with um, extraordinary confidence. Every now and then, just to sharpen this illustration, one or other of us would have a little stumble because we, we hadn't quite taken in. There was a little rock or it was just on a kind of path, not of smooth pavement. So every now and then we'd just turn, oh, wobble or turn because we hadn't quite taken in a, or a, a slate or rock moved or wobbled. And, and when that happened, we would, oh, and we suddenly, because we got a bit complacent, so it made us focus in on the light again. Oh, don't forget, the ground is a little uneven. Don't forget, things can wobble us. So focus in again on, what, on, on my feet? Maybe my feet aren't, no, no. I'm, 
No, on, on where the light is. Focus on the light. Pay attention to the light. Don't get complacent. Don't drift off. Um, and you'll be fine. You can walk down a mountain where everywhere is pitch black as long as you follow the light. We so easily um, just sort of, not that we take our eyes off the light, but we, we get a bit complacent. A bit, so, oh, I know how to walk. Oh, I know what the path's like. Oh, I can, ooh, and every now and then there's a stumble. And, and suddenly we can sort of look around and say, oh, and everywhere else is really dark. And you suddenly, oh, maybe God doesn't exist. Maybe he isn't here. Maybe he doesn't know what I'm, no. No, just we've lost sight of this I am saying. I am the light of the world. I shine in all places at all times. I, darkness cannot withstand me. Whoever follows me, focuses on me, fixes their gaze and everything about their being on what lies ahead. Whoever follows me as the light will never walk in darkness. But will have the light of life. It, it said Christianity is really quite simple. Not necessarily easy, but simple. Simple. Light dispels darkness, always. You focus on the light and you will have life. As a concept, a six-year-old could grasp that. It's, it's, it's relatively simple. I'm not saying it's easy. We have to keep focusing as we walk down the mountain of life in that illustration. Uh, we need to focus on the light. But if we do that, an act of will, it's a discipline, it's a regular habit, it's a pattern. Every time I enter the office, every time I sit at the desk, every time I new activity, Lord Jesus, shine in and through me here with this conversation, in this business meeting, as I prepare this agenda, as I change this nappy, whatever it is that God is calling you to do in the humdrum and the everyday, Lord, shine, shine, and enable me to see I wonder what it is that God will shine in your workplace or in your family, your relationships. What, what will he enable you to see as you follow him? I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's just pause for a moment. Let's use this time, this space, as we're focusing on Jesus, the great I am, the ever-present God. Consider places 
in our lives, in our community, in our world, which seem or feel so dark. Let's consider how Jesus, the lamp for our path, the light for our feet, Consider how he can bring his light through us into that darkness. To bring about transformation, change, and life itself.